Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Marty's video just went away. Uh, <laughs> can you see that on the Skype chat? This is terrible. As soon as I went live, Marty's video says, press camera button to prepare for movie shooting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I'm getting a stream from you. but uh, Make sure you're NDI. There you are. Wow. Now you're back. Well, <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> So welcome to our top 10 CCG discussion. Uh, thanks everybody for joining those of you that are on here now. Uh, the first thing we want to clarify, because Marty warned me and I didn't listen, is <laughs> when we talk about CCGs, I mean collectible card games, but really it's going to include a little bit bigger of a bubble than that. It's going to include LCGs and things in that nature. So collectible card games, constructible card games, uh, configurable card games. I don't know whether C we could throw in there, but you know any games where you kind of deck build beforehand and then you go and play a deck, and not necessarily competitive. There might be a co-op one show up here or something like that. So maybe co-opable card games it could be another acronym. Uh, so welcome Marty and Matt. How's everybody doing? Doing fantastic. I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited. Doing great. Yeah, I'm excited too. I was working on this list to do like just a video on, and then Marty and his podcast with Tony released their top five. And I said, oh, I was just working on my top 10 list. He says, well, let's do live stream. So we start chatting. And uh, and we got Matt involved because we had started chatting a couple of weeks ago in our little group chat on kind of the strength of the Ashes Reborn. Uh, I don't remember what the name of that thing actually is. Ashes 1.5. And we started kind of just listing off CCGs and TCGs and everything. And I was like, I think I can get a top 10 list out of this. And I got up to, honestly, like number 8. And then I was like, ah. I, then I stretched it, so I got to 10. But yeah, so we've just been excited about the new Ashes. And then we've just been reminiscing about all our stuff. So unless you guys have anything else you want to say, let's just jump into it. We'll try to keep this at right around 2 hours or less, hopefully. Okay, but sounds good. Yeah, so let's just jump right in. Uh, we'll kind of look look at the chat. Oh, I wanted to mention, we will look at the chat a little bit for questions, but we'll kind of let them slide, and I'll just kind of try to consume them as we go, and we can have some more formal QA thing at the end, because it'll just get kind of confusing as we go through the list. So let's start with Marty. You do your number 10. All right. Uh, I will say that, uh, as a caveat, I love card games. To me, I, I view tabletop games like this. Tabletop games is like an umbrella for everything. And underneath, I have different categories. I have miniature games, RPGs, board games, and CCGs. Yeah. So, uh, and of those four, this is by far my favorite, which is why I'm excited. So, I will say that looking over y'all's list and my list, I have some very obscure stuff compared to y'all because I got into CCGs almost 20 years ago. And the first one on my list is, Joel, you may be interested in, was this was the first um, Warhammer game that I ever played, oh. which was a game called War, War Cry from Sabretooth Games. Uh, it was a CCG. And uh, one thing that I absolutely loved about this game, most of these games that I, I, I picked are for a certain reason. Number one, I don't know if you see. I, by the way, I went down in the basement and pulled out samples of all these games that I used to play, nice. and I was surprised that I find them. But the art on some of these things are just incredible. But what I loved about this game was is one of the first games I played where location mattered. 
So, you know, in the uh, uh, Joel and the Miniatures game, you had rank and file, right? You had trays. Yeah. Uh, you had the same sort of thing with cards. You had a front row and you had a back row. And so you could protect people by putting them in the back row and you put your archers in the back row and your footmen on the front, etc. cetera. Uh, it was, it, after that, was just basic combat. But it had a really cool mechanic of when you resolve an attack at the bottom, you'd flip over the next card and at the bottom there was a die number. And that was your, mod- that was your modifier to make it a little bit random. So <laughs> number 10 for me is a Warcry came out in uh, 2003. One of the first games where I became a judge of a CCG. Oh, oh wow. And, uh, get, get deep into the, the nerddom there. <laughs> yep. Well, Marty, you gotta, you gotta bring that to a con or something one of these days and I'll, I'll happily play a game with you. Cause you know, I like the miniature game Warcry. So I, yep. I, I feel like I gotta try this at least once or twice to get a sense of it. So we're just going to move right along here. Now we're going to go to me next. My number 10 is actually much higher on Matt's number 10 list. So we're going to skip me for right now. <laughs> and then Matt, you're going to go ahead and give us your number 10. All right. Uh, my number 10 is the Final Fantasy TCG, the trading card game. Um, this one initial drew me in the the theme. You know, I've been playing Final Fantasy games like for my whole life, through my childhood and everything. So the theme obviously pulled me in. Um lots of great artwork and the game encompasses like all of the games like the early nes games and there's like you know eight bit characters on some of the cards like all the summons and the monsters and stuff that you'd encounter in those games and they all thematically work like they do you know in, in the games which is really cool um also they have kind of a cool it's got a um a uh, two lane system kind of like you were talking about marty with like the front and the back there's uh I'm trying to get the names right here forgive me if i, I miss some of them but there's like the backup which is like your your back lane, and that's all your supports and stuff like that that you use to basically provide resources to pay for your forwards. And your forwards do all your attacks uh, and your blocking and stuff. And uh, what's fun about that is like your forwards have these power abilities, the, these power levels, and they're like 8,000 or 9,000. So when you go to do an attack, it's like, all right, I'm attacking you with Cloud and this guy, and all right, that's 15,000 damage coming to you. You know, it's just like it's, it's just a round number, right. but it was a fun way, like you're throwing huge numbers around. Um, and that was pretty cool. Uh, and I like it's it's a really simple concept. Like it's basically like you have a damage stack, and if if you don't block a hit, you you take a card off the top of your deck and put it in your damage stack. And there was an interesting mechanism where like if you had a, if you one of those cards off your deck, if it had an EX on it, it would trigger a special ability. So even while you're like taking damage, you can have these like retaliatory abilities kick hmm. off and stuff. So it was kind of cool. That kind of married with the the Final Fantasy theme really did it for me. Um, and it was, it's fun to collect too, right? I, I got to say, as I'm getting into my list, you're going to see the collectability fun is, is definitely a part of the enjoyment for me a little bit with some of the games. Um, like the Final Fantasy had like 14 card booster packs and there was always a hollow foil and the art was always pretty. Right. And the, yeah, anyway, that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, that was actually a pretty <laughs> decently played game around here. And I always had that temptation to jump into it. Uh, but the kind of the two main shops in my area, there was everybody really, really uh, seemed to dig into that. But I never got around to trying it. So, again, if you can bring that to a con, I want to give it a shot. Sure, yeah. I got a lot of it. So, <laughs> All right. So, to recap, we have Marty's number 10. I'm going to show here this little list. We're going to build this up as we go here. So, we got Marty's. We're going to skip mine because it's going to show up higher on Matt's list. And then Matt here, obviously, was Final Fantasy. So, we're going to do kind of a round robin or snake or Catan style. Um, and I know Marty wants to talk about this next one anyway. Uh, so Matt, you're number nine. Yes, my number nine is a Game of Thrones, uh, the card game LCG, I guess. Um, 
first edition, right? I didn't actually play the one that came out back in, was it 2014, 2015? Um, so this was the same as the, very similar mechanically to the original CCG that the game started as, and then, Marty, maybe you know a little bit more about this, it like blended into a, into an LCG at one point, right? Uh, yeah, so the LC, uh, the CCG, the collectible game with booster packs, came out in 2002. Okay. And uh, from that, I think that was Fantasy Flight's first LCG game was the uh, the first edition of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Um, and yeah, I collected a ton of that because this was sort of my first delve into a card game since like the old like Magic the Gathering collectible card game days. And so it was it was like, whoa, this is, this is a living card game. I don't have to buy... Uh, booster packs i get exactly what i want so naturally i bought like almost everything and had like four thousand cards in a giant library but like you know of course like oh yeah it's not collectible but um <laughs> the the game was awesome because it was right when the game of thrones tv show was coming out so i had started reading the books and the theme is awesome like all the cards are super thematic yeah um but it, it's a it's a crazy complex mess of a game in like the best way right like there's seven phases you got a 60 card deck uh, three different types of attacks, right? You got your military attack, right. and if if you if you win that, if, like depending on how much you win by, they have to eliminate X number of their people. Uh, intrigue, you have to discard X number of cards from your hand if you lose that challenge. And then there's int- uh, was the last one power, um, where you like that, yeah. yeah the whole mechanic was about getting a certain amount of power by the end of the round, and so like the power thing would just directly steal power from them or gain you power. Um, it was it was wild. It was a complex game, and I, I can't again. I can't speak to the second edition of it, but I played the heck out of the first edition, and I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I only actually. Yeah, go so, ahead, Marty. Uh, go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, I actually, only, I jumped in on the second edition of the LCG, and I really liked it. I, the way I liked to play it, and I didn't get to play a chance to play it too much. It was multiplayer. It was actually really cool because you had this kind of like alliance shifting kind of thing, which was really different for. Uh, collectible or tradable whatever card game uh so that was mm-hmm. really neat it was like you said it was kind of a mess but i liked how you had those different avenues to attack either like attack their hand or the health of their characters and that kind of stuff yeah and that all fit really well into the theme of of the of the game and in the, the you know the books and stuff like that so it was it was really cool to see all those things kind of married together yeah absolutely so yeah so i played the ccg and uh, the reason why I didn't play the LCG because I got ticked off that I spent <laughs> oh, all this yeah. money on this card game and every card I had was now obsolete. And I yep. remember so Tony and I and another guy uh, played um, and it's like, nope, that's it. I'm done. I'm yeah. not buying all these cards again. <laughs> so, But it was an amazing game because it did support multiplayer. And my wife, Vanessa, got so into the, the art, everything of it, she started reading the books because oh, wow. we were That's playing awesome. the game. And then, so when a character would come up, I was like, tell me about this Lannister person. <laughs> oh, they're bad. They're bad. You don't <laughs> want to play as them. So, um, it was sort of fun around the house. So that was my first ever uh, diving into that world. And then Vanessa actually read the books and everything from there. So. Very cool. Nice. All right. So my number nine, I finally get to pick one now, is going to be, oh, surprise, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this one creeped on my list. Like I said, my number one through eight were really strong, and my number nine and ten were a little bit soft. I really used to love Magic the Gathering. I played a ton of Magic the Gathering online. Uh, I didn't really get into it until, gosh, probably after 2000, 2001 and there. 
Um, and then I, I met some new friends at the time, and they had it, and we had some big, huge, like, three-headed giant games. Or maybe we played, I think we played a four-headed giant one. We took one of my giant paintings off of the wall, and we all played on, like, this huge table, and it was just it was so much fun. And one of the best gaming memories I ever had um, was just all these decks that were all just going against each other. And uh, so I, I don't want to, like, neglect the amount of fun and good times I've had with it, you know, playing in tournaments at the shop or just random games. And all those online games, but the the whole land stuff and the mana screw part of it, you know, the things that people always talk about, just kind of knocks it down the list. Even though this is probably this really should be the number one because it's been around. It was the original. It's still around. There's still a thriving scene. They seem to do some, uh, you know, holding out of their hand for the casual players to still play it. Right? Like you don't have to play it competitively and be in a tournament to enjoy the game. You can still play it. A thousand different ways you know they've got those popper cube draft decks that you can build up and you can go build a fun little cube drafting engine for like 20 bucks and play that a hundred times um and so it just i had to i had to like at least give it a mention on my list somewhere because i think a, a lot of these games are actually you know they've all stood on top of magic and i think they are better designs at least the ones on my list in my opinion obviously i think are better but i still wanted to kind of just give a little tip of the hat to it at some point. Um, so this is, yeah, it, I had so much fun with it. I couldn't just neglect it. <laughs> so it's funny is that means if it's, uh, we're talking about it now, that means nobody else had it on their list. And, yes. uh, you know, none of these games would exist without that game. It was yep. just one of those that I, I played a little bit. I dabbled, but I started. I played a lot of other different things uh, besides that one. So it deserves all the kudos for us even being here and talking about this. So 100% respect for Magic. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think what the modern age of Magic now. I. I probably wouldn't have ever fallen out of it in the same way. Like I. I played it for a little bit when I was a kid, but then it was like by the time I was, you know, I'd go to play with other friends and they just had these massive collections with like all these cards I've never seen and all these mechanical things I didn't understand. And so it was just like, I'm on over my head. It's too late to get into this. That's obviously not an issue now. Like they've, they've completely, they've, like you said, they made it casual friendly. They made it competitive friendly. It's, it's, uh, it's really a masterpiece of design. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's my number nine, Mr. Magic, uh, Marty, you're number nine. Okay. Uh, so first, uh, why didn't y'all tell me before we started that I had my focus tracking thing left <laughs> on my camera? Oh, I didn't. And I, I forgot, forgot to turn that off. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I wow. didn't so now, so now I've got this block going around my head right now, and I forgot to turn it off with this stupid camera. Can't you turn it off? All Can right. you turn it off now, or is it too late? I, 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 I will turn it off. I'll have to turn uh, just to okay. you know, mute, mute my camera, then I'll turn it off All in right. a second. When y'all talk about it. <laughs> I thought it was right. my software doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's not me. It's all on your side. Okay. So uh, one of my favorite MMOs of all time was a game called City of Heroes. So naturally, when uh, a game came out, I believe it was Alderite from AEG, who was still around, came out with the City of Heroes CCG, uh, naturally I had to get into it. So I was all into this game because... You could play as heroes in Paragon City, but they introduced this really cool thing called a timing mechanic. An example of this is like this on this card right here where it has like a two. What you do is uh, whenever you use a power, you rotate the card either uh, 45, uh, 90 degrees or 180 degrees or whatever that is. 
plus another 90. And at the end of each turn, you get to reset 90 degrees till it's back up again and it's cooled down, then you can use it again. So it's this really cool mechanic of activating powers that existed just like in the game. But then just like in the game, there were these booster powers that you could have to recharge your powers quicker. The same can be applied to these. You can apply a booster to them so they recharge twice as fast. So it's just a really neat mechanic that they introduced uh, into this game that uh, because of that unique mechanic, I had to make it my number nine and just my love of that game, uh, the MMO. Nice. Yeah, I also enjoyed that MMO quite a bit back in the day. But uh, never got a chance to play the card game. That's... That mechanic may or may not be showing up in kind of a different way <laughs> later on the list. Right. Uh, I know which one you're talking about, and yes. Yeah, it, it, it's it, kind it, of the same. When we, played, yeah. when we played that, it reminded me of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to recap our number nines here real quick. Since we did Matt first, we're going to do Matt number nine. Oops, sorry, show his. And then my number nine. My number ten is blank in case you're joining late because it's higher on Matt's list. And then we're going to show Marty's number nine here. All right. So since we're going to, we're going to stick with Marty, and I think we're going to go to Marty's number eight. Yes, we are. All right. So here we go. The first Lovecraftian theme game I ever played wasn't Arkham Horror or anything from FFG. It happened to be a game from Wizards of the Coast called Hecatoon. And this was a game that with a card, there was a CCG, and there were five-sided cards. And what was so cool about these cards is, you may notice that they have the edges are transparent. Oh, whoa. And with these, car with these cards, what you do is you have minions. Let me find two examples here. And you have what they call abominations, and you stack them on top of each other. So, you know, like Mystic Veil, how you stack cards on top of each other? That reminds me totally of this, because as you stack the abomination gets more powerful and you notice down here in the bottom it's see-through that very bottom uh, part if you play a minion beneath it that happens to match the same color then that power is activated hmm. huh. so it's this con concept of as you build this abomination you attack and th there's like uh, these numbers along the edge is its strength when you're attacked damage is dealt from the top down so it kills minions from the top but then your goal to win the game is to gain 20 power. And if you're able to attack the, um, the, the game player, uh, as opposed to magic where you're dealing direct damage, what you do is you steal power from them based on the size of your abomination. So it has nothing to do with the strength. It's the more you have stacked on here, the more power you steal if you happen to get through. And it was one of the first games, this is from Wizards of the Coast, where there was no mana screw. In that any card could be a mana. You just take it and put it face down like this. That counts as a red mana. Oh. This would count as a green mana. And then you tap them in order to play your car play cards and put them into play. Huh. So I went I went and rewatched a video on how to play this game last night. And I forgot how much I love this game. Huh. Wow, that's I, really yeah, cool. I've never heard, heard of that. It's so unique for sure. And this was my most proud rare because it was extremely hard to find. It was Cthulhu. So nice. all the gods were the rare ones. Nice. And uh, I didn't realize this, but this was designed by Mike Elliott. Oh, really? There you go. Let's see. Okay, so that was your number eight. I'm going to be probably quiet for a while. <laughs> My number eight is higher on, I think, Marty's list. Yes, it is. So we're going to skip my number eight, and we're going to go to... Okay, so Matt's number eight is higher on my list. 
So we're going to skip that. Skip that. And too. then we're going to go. Now we're going to start on the sevens. So I'm not going to update the list because there's only <clears> one. What they said. We're going to go to Matt's number seven. I'm going to try to fix my camera. Go for it. All right. Uh, yeah, Marty won't want to listen to this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number seven is Keyforge. I, I know. Uh, I'm going to fix much my as camera I... too. No. <laughs> <laughs> As much as I as much as I enjoy like CCGs and LCGs, um, the 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 deck building part can kind of be, you know, a little bit of a burden for me sometimes. Like, for sure, um, right? Like, so it's I, sometimes I just want to get out and play the game, and I don't. I think Keyforge obviously takes that to eleven, like completely removes <laughs> all deck building. Um, so I mean, I can see that that being kind of a bummer, but like, I just I thought the gimmick was really cool. I had a couple dozen decks, I think, or a dozen plus decks. Um, it's just fun to just play a deck over and over again trying to find like a secret thing and whatever you had it was unique no one in the world had that deck that you had and the kind of cool way that they randomized stuff or procedurally generated stuff and you could even have those crossover like super rares so you could have something from a different house appear in uh in, in a different house basically you could have a house crossover card as a super rare in your deck and have something even like i don't want to say even more unique that doesn't make sense but you know what i'm saying like yeah. you can have a card that shouldn't even belong in this house Right. in this house and right. that's just it was really neat to just have a deck that no one else in the world could have and hey man let's pick up i mean i did that multiple times where we just pick up a couple of decks fight against each other and you know you know i want to keep playing this one this one's got some cool tricks i bet right um you know i understand all the complaints totally get the criticisms but for me it was a fun game and i i enjoyed it and i i hope to i've got a bunch of stuff in a box i don't really want to get rid of it i'll probably hang on to it for a while yeah, I did enjoy like the exploratory side of it because that's kind of neat. Because you, instead of like tinkering and theory crafting with that game, you had to like play it and play it out to see exactly. what the deck would give back to you. And so there was a lot of fun in that. My only sort of gripe with it was it seemed like after the first few plays of it, we we tended to have plays that were sort of grindy, um, you know. And it's just like a random thing. Like you can have great, great, amazing matchups. Like I've had a great time with the game where it just, it's real exciting, it's down to the wire and all that stuff, and then I've, on the other side I've had like you know two decks that just are both slow and just super methodical and all that stuff. But yep. yeah, but it's definitely it's definitely worth picking up a few packs of that for sure. Yeah, so, I, I was yeah. I see somebody mentioning the the fact that it's not a CCG. I, I get that it's it's close enough. Know, the CCG part is buying more decks, yeah. right? You're collecting yeah. decks instead of collecting cards sure. to build decks. Right. Yeah, you know, that's pretty Absolutely. much my jam. Yeah, why not? <clears throat> um, okay, so that was your number seven. Is Marty back yet? Mm -hmm. Is his camera still broken? It is. Yes, broken. my camera's still. Oh, I think I got it. I think I got it. There Hold it is. on. Hey, Hold on. As soon as Matt's done. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out well for you, Marty. You didn't have to comment on Keyforge at all. Yeah. So, I just I had the I had the mic muted, but I heard everything. So yes, okay. I played Keyforge and really enjoyed it too, but. I got kind of tired. It's like, I really want a deck that has this, but I don't feel like chasing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. So my number seven is also higher on Matt's list. <laughs> so we're going to skip me again. <laughs> and we're going to go back to the realm of obscurity with Marty's number seven. <laughs> hey, hold on now. Okay. It is. It is very obscure. This is the last obscure one though. This is it. So, also the time I was playing all those other uh, weird games like Hecatomb in 2005, the year before I was playing another game from AEG, like City of Heroes, called Spycraft. And uh, so, I don't know if y'all remember the, there was an RPG Spycraft. I don't know if you ever remember that one. I don't remember that one. 
Okay, so anyway, so there's this whole spycraft thing, which is kind of what it sounds like. You're playing as spies. There's espionage and everything like that. There's, uh, the art on the, these cards weren't that great, um, but they had this really cool multiplayer mechanic, which we were looking for at the time to where uh, your goal was to complete missions. And you had these mission cards that were in the, in the middle of the table. And anytime you attempted a mission, uh, other people would try to join in to stop you from completing that mission. If you achieved your mission, you would earn something. And if somebody successfully defended against it, you would earn something. But like Game of Thrones, there were different things you could fight over. There was like combat, there was crafting, uh, there was intrigue or something like that. But anyway, there was these different things that you could use where the different spies had different abilities. It's not almost like Mission Impossible. There's a good guy at fighting. There's a good guy at tech, that, that sort of thing. So it had the same sort of thing. And so because of that, it was always kind of a love of ours. And we, I've actually gone back to AEG and I said, would you ever consider releasing this game again? But I don't think they have the rights to Spycraft anymore. So they couldn't do yeah. it. Sounds cool. My last obscure one. That was All right. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's recap because we're going to start to unlock some of mine finally here. <laughs> so we got, okay. My number eight was higher, and Matt's number eight was higher. So Matt's number seven was Keyforge, just to recap. My number seven higher. So Marty's number seven was Spycraft. We're going to show that on the list here. And then Marty's number six and my, I forgot what number it was, my number eight are going to be the same. So Marty, I'll let you tell everybody what it is. Then we can talk about it. Uh, number six. Yes. Okay, so remember I said I really enjoyed MMOs? Well, one of my favorite MMOs of all time was World of Warcraft. <laughs> so when they came out with the World of Warcraft TCG, I was all in. I was all in from day <laughs> one, man. I was like buying beta stuff. I was going to, I was like getting demo decks. We printed out demo decks so we could play at the game store wow. and teach other people how to get into it. But check this out. I actually... uh I had unopened booster packs, man. Mm -hmm. I had like four wow. unopened Why? booster packs here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that you remember uh, with these uh, that you could get the um, the cards where you could get like mounts in the game and yep. bonus to have scratch off yeah. cards. Yeah. I found one the other day that I need to put on eBay because it's going for a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, you do. Wow. Yeah, you do. Is it better turtle? Anyway, uh, I don't. I don't remember. It was some sort of. Uh, I. I don't remember, but I know that you played this game, Joel. So I'm not going to talk everything about it. But what I loved about it is the fact that you played as a single character, yeah. and you could add things to it. You could add armor and weapons and everything, and then get your minions out there to help you fight. Yeah. I never play Hearthstone. Yes. Because I was so ticked off at how streamlined, how much they stripped away from this game to make Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't even feel like it was the same game. Yeah. I. I'm, I'm with you there. I played a decent amount of Hearthstone and really enjoyed that. But, yeah, the whole thing where you just, like, get mana every turn was kind of like, oh, okay. So this, it kind of makes it a little bit boring compared to some of the choices you used to have to make with uh, World of Warcraft. But the thing that keeps this game higher on the list than it probably would otherwise be for me is the raid mode. How you could get the Onyxia and the Molten Core... Uh, raid decks and play like a one versus many thing and it was cool because you would build your decks a certain way to play head to head you know mage versus rogue or whatever but then when you went to play the uh, you know the raid you had to build your decks in kind of a different way if you were playing as the heroes so it really was like two games in one and 
we played a, a fair amount of you know just a normal game but once uh we got one, i got i think i got the onyxia deck yeah once i got that we just had a blast like that evening just evaporated when we first got that and we just played it again and again and again mm. and it was so much like the mmo where you had like the different stages to oni and all this different stuff and lots of cool little strategies and everything like that and i just that's again that's one of my better gaming memories from a while ago is was playing those raid decks and i haven't really seen a, a trading card game or lcg even do that kind of thing where you have a one versus nope. many or and uh, and if I recall correctly, even the Onyxia player or the Raid player could build their deck. Like there was some customization in there within that larger box. And that's a vague memory of that part of it. But that would be really neat if we could have something like that again. Do you remember playing those decks and there was uh, sealed loot cards? That's right. If you got all the way through. Yeah. Yep. That's so neat. So neat. Yep. And. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, uh, about a couple months ago, we interviewed Justin Gary, uh, uh, who oh, designed yeah. Ascension. That, yep. Yeah, and so he did Ascension Tactics. He used to work at Upper Deck yep. and, and made the World of Warcraft miniatures game. Mm-hmm. He came up for doing this raid sort of thing with the miniatures game, and they couldn't get it to work. So they took his idea and applied it to the card game. So those raid decks came from Justin Gary. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Super cool. And you know, Ascension Tactics is going to have like a, uh, it has like a solo mode where you can play against the, um, the AI and stuff where they have like souped up bosses and stuff. So that'll be cool if it, maybe maybe there'll be some kind of raid aspect in that game eventually. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. And I see people in the chat talking about the raids. Like you said, Joel, I can't think of any other game. Since then, it's had that sort of one versus many customizable element to it, like like this game had. Right. It's so good. Right. Yeah. So that was your number six and my number eight. So we're going to go back to my number six, but that's also higher on oh my. Marty's list. <laughs> I'm like I'm like the watered down version of both of you, because <laughs> all my stuff is on your lists. <laughs> So, all right, we're going to skip me on number six. We're going to skip Matt's number six because his is higher on Marty's list. Okay. So now we're at number five, which is what my number seven was. So, Matt, go ahead and do your number five. Okay. uh, My number five is the Star Wars LCG. Yes. I think it was called Star Wars the Card Game LCG. Um, Joel, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Maybe I'll cover this towards the end of this card game but this actually had that mechanic you were talking about but it was in one expansion that added it um but i'll I'll get to that in a second but uh, my thought of the star wars lcg obviously star wars it's great um i really enjoyed uh two major things about it i really like the i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher the name of the actual mechanical parts of it but like when you were in a fight with someone or you were battling um the, the bidding system, right? Playing a certain number of cards face down, yeah. uh, committing cards or whatever. That was awesome. That felt really, really cool. And then you flip it over and you see how many, you know, do you have enough symbols to trigger the abilities on your, you know, your ATAT or whatever. I think that was called the edge uh, battle or something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what yeah. it was. I, I loved that mechanic and I really loved, I think this strikes, I think it's still my favorite deck construction oh, yeah. compromise. Yeah, yeah. Between Keyforge and between like your Game of Thrones sixty card nightmare building deck at uh, CCG, 
the pod system was amazing. Six card pods, you get what five of them? When you had to put, I forget how many. It was either five or six, and you could put eight to twelve in a deck, something like that, right? right? Or ten to twelve. Yeah, you brought like a um, location with you, and that location dictated what you could bring. I think there were some mandatory cards, but then you could stretch it a little bit. Um, and so you yes. brought, I think, if, if I recall correctly, you had to bring three and exactly three, but I, I could be misremembering that. And so you brought that, and that was your deck. So that was like your, th- it was almost like your three uh, vignettes in an episode of a movie or a TV show. These are like, these are the three locations yeah. that we're going to com- com- uh, compete over. And so, like, I would go and attack your locations, you would attack my locations, and then those would bring along with them, like, all the thematic baggage of those other characters and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was it? I'm looking right here real quick, if you don't no, mind. Yeah. So there's, uh, you pick an affiliation card, Lights Out or Dark, uh, or uh, you could also be uh, Scum and Villainy. Right. And, or, no, or you could also be... Um, the scoundrels or a smuggler or whatever yeah and uh yeah and then you you have to pick at least 10 objectives and then uh and then you create an objective deck each objective that comes with 10. five cards so you, your deck yeah your deck's at least 10 i think it's 10 to 12 objectives and then there was five cards in that object that came along with that objective right. so that would that made up your 60 card or your 30 card or however many decks uh i mean you, you had on the deck but it was it was so cool. You had those choices to make about what you wanted to build it with, but it wasn't so overwhelming. You could build a deck in 10, 15 oh, minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of let this one slide when it first came out because I just it got a lot of bad press because it was cuz what I the gist of it was that I heard like, "Oh, you could have Chewbacca fighting a tie fighter or something." And but yes. when I actually got finally got around to playing it, it wasn't really quite like that. That description isn't really appropriate i don't think it was more it was a little bit more abstract and obtuse in that way but to me all of those kind of thematic connections ended up making sense you know it's like okay chewbacca sabotage sabotages the tie fighter or whatever or he hops into the ion cannon and takes a shot at it you know like those kind of things just kind of naturally sort of organically uh seem like they would evolve out of the game yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember the complaints. It was like Star Destroyer versus like Leia or something yeah. like that. It was like this is crazy. I was like, well, she's using her intrigue and intellect to like overpower, and you know, she's you can make the connection there. But right, yeah, right. I understood the initial confusion at a glance. It looks like that, but it's it's more your. It was never called a battle, right? It was called like an edge thing, and they described that right. as like this tense tense movie like moment where this important event is happening that leads to this final consequence yeah yeah and then they had the thing with the death star where you, you would like tick it up and the um mm-hmm. uh, the, the yeah. dark side guy could could spend that and like push it even more and it was almost like a game timer so the way that, that game would end would be so different than just like you know reduce you to zero or whatever that kind of stuff yeah yeah his timer runs out because the the death star is powered up and it can blast you now yeah i think that's what it was um yeah yeah, Mark, did you ever I, play this one? I got, I got an anecdote. Okay. What uh, year did this game come out? 12? 2012. Okay, 2012. In uh, 20... Really? It was that long ago? Uh, I don't know. I might so. be remembering the announcement of the co-op version of this, and then they actually yeah, released December. It. Go ahead. Yeah, it was, that's right. It was initially going to be a co-op yeah. game. Uh, December 2012. Well, there's, there's, my, there's my anecdote. So I went to Gen Con. And demoed the game, and I played the game, and I was a huge Lord of the Rings LCG right. fan. And I told the demo, I said, "This is Lord of the Rings with Star Wars." Mm-hmm. 
And he went, yeah, isn't it great? And I went, no. (laughs) I said, it's it's Lord of the Rings of Star Wars. Well, obviously, I wasn't the only one. Everybody came back and said, you already have this game. And then they went back and retooled it and made it a PvP game. Got it. All righty. Yeah. Sorry, real quick, Joe. There was one thing that they did add. The the third expansion added one versus many. You could do one. The Empire player would have his own custom deck. Uh, and then it was two v. You could either do two versus one or three versus one, and they would get different. There was more hit points depending on the number of players you had. So it was, yeah, it was very limited, but it was cool that they added it. I was excited to see that. And then pretty much right after that, I kind of stopped collecting it. Hmm. Yeah, I never had a chance to do that one. This is one that I, I do kind of sort of regret letting go though, because it it probably should be higher on my list. I, I really had a great time with this one. Hmm. All right, so now we're gonna do. What are we at? My number five now. Let me think. I yes. Yep. It's bad enough when I got to juggle ten of these. Now I got to juggle thirty of them, and some of them match. <laughs> <laughs> so my number five is is actually a pretty old one, a little bit obscure. It is. Uh, whoops, wrong one. I, <laughs> oh, I just spoiled one for later. I clicked on there because it's the same name. Because uh, I didn't name it right. It's Warhammer, not the other one I showed for a second. It's Warhammer Invasion. Uh, this is from Fantasy Flight Games. Oh, yeah. And I really like this game. Uh, it did something that was... a lot, It has been mentioned a lot so far. And will continue to be mentioned further up this list. Because in this game, you had this giant card. This giant board. And you had... I forget what the different sections were called. There was like... In the front of the card, facing your opponent was like your territory. And so you would do like the actual combat and fighting there. But then you had like a quest side of the board on the right, and the left-hand side had like a resources or economy side. So you could play these cards in your deck, and the deck was all this Warhammer stuff, like you had a dwarf deck and orc deck and elf deck and all this. And you'd play the card depending on which part of that board you put it on. would either help you get resources, which is like mana to spend, or help you draw extra cards, or put it you know in front to fight. And then from the fighting position, you could fight the different locations. And so you could go attack their resources, attack their card draw, or attack their other fighters. And it had it's this really cool balance, almost like a Euro game, of like balancing your economy. It felt very Euro-y and for, the, for this type of thing. And it had a cool, you know, Warhammer theme and everything. And this is another one I wish, like, I could go out and just find, like, a complete collection of it, just stick it in a box somewhere and break it out. Because... Um, some of these folks I talked about, you know, playing Magic with and stuff earlier, uh, we played a decent amount of this. Uh, not not that long mm-hmm. ago. I actually came on, came on to this one kind of late. It was, it hadn't been canceled yet, but I think once we picked it up, probably within the next year and a half, maybe two years, it got, you know, finished. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But I don't know if you guys ever, either of you played this one, but uh, it was super fun, really smart. I have I'll not played it. Yeah. I actually found my uh, when I was looking for these all these other cards. I found my boards the other day. Oh, nice! And uh, and and an unopened expansion pack. I don't know if it is me an unopened pack, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, Joel, it was it was really cool. And uh, I I don't remember why I didn't play more of it because uh, Tony, my host, and I played it. We really enjoyed it, but I, I don't know because it was a very much a Euro game. And you're right. It was so cool. It's like, well, if I play the card here, it means this. If I play it here, it means this. If I play it here, it means this. Right. So if there's all these, man, 
to me, uh, Fantasy Flight has a bunch of an amazing mechanics in games with licenses they no longer have. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, that yeah they lot. do. Forbidden Stars, you know. <laughs> uh, Starcraft Invasion. Yep. Uh, y'all didn't y'all didn't care for Warhammer Conquest, did you? I didn't. I only played it once, and I've heard a lot of people say they really enjoyed it after kind of getting into it more. But that first play wasn't really for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't play it. I think I have the core set, but that's all I got. Yeah. All right, so that's my number five. Now we're going to do, I think, Marty's number five. Yes, we will. And we mentioned it earlier. Uh, yes. So, um, so talking about LCG, so Fantasy Flight came with out with early on. They had the Game of Thrones LCG. They had the um, Call of Cthulhu. They had uh, what we just talked about, Warhammer Invasion. Mm-hmm. All three were PvP. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, here's an LCG game, a Lord of the Rings, but this one is co-op. I was like, well, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> a co-op, customizable game? Yeah. I was like, huh? <laughs> and I love Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite universes. So me and Tony said, we're, we're in. We are all in. And I dove in heavy to that game. I loved Loved being able to build my deck with three different characters and have three different spheres or different spheres of power. And each one of them generate a certain type of sphere, a resource. And you have to spend that particular resource to activate certain cards. And you have the idea that you're going questing and then you're, you're attacking and you're, you're kind of playing through a scenario or a story. You, you try to travel to a location, try to complete quests. Uh, They try to make it very thematic. They came out the deluxe expansions where you play through the three books, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Wow. I still have those unopened. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> the reason why is because I have several Lord of the Rings friends around here, yeah. and our goal is to, like, one weekend, get together and play through the entire three books hmm. oh, and open up awesome. those packs. But anyway, Lord of the Rings LCG was when I really bought into the LCG format, and I've been a fan ever since. Yeah, I've played this as well and really enjoyed it. Uh just played through the uh, the base game. Didn't pick up any expansion or anything, but it's really uh, you can kind of see the tendrils of this and some other kind of co-op-y card games that come after it. That that formula that they've got there, uh, you've kind of you can kind of see that in a lot of the other games after this. And it's really fun. Yeah, I played this one a little bit too. I, I really enjoyed the the whole theme and everything. Um, the the only thing that Again, my my deck building is what like, kind of slowed me down on it. I, I remember I, I was switching between like solo and two player, and then getting around with four players, and I was the only one with the card collection. So every time it was like, all right, stop everything we're doing, rebuild four decks. And like after we did that two or three times, it turned our our sessions into like three hour sessions. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I mean that's that's just not, that's my personal preference. But I think the game is it's amazing. Like I, I loved everything about it. I just I just wish I could build decks a little bit quicker. Like I didn't have the mind to do it just mm-hmm. yet. But um, mm-hmm. I do. I do. It's one of my regrets. I do wish I stuck with it a bit longer. And it came out in 2011, and the current cycle will be the last cycle, and it will be over. So a nine-year run, wow. I think, is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. That is really good. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so now we, we've gone through our top five now. Let's do a quick recap over here on the list. So Marty's number five was Lord of the Rings. There we go. And then we'll pop over and... You guys can't see this, but the folks watching can see it uh, let's see here so 
Uh, let's see, but number seven, six. Did I do my number six or was it higher? My number six was higher. My number. I think you said yours yeah, was higher. Yeah, Oops. Right. All right. So everybody's watching can see the list with some gaps in Joel and Matt's list. There. Those are those are our ten through five, and some of these other ones are higher on somebody else's list. So. Marty and I both have their number four as the exact same game. And I gave a big clue to it when we announced the beginning of this. Uh, the reason that kicked this show off. So, Marty, I'll let you announce it. Oh, it's um, Ashes. Rise of the Phoenix Born from Plat Hat Games came out in 2015. Designed by Isaac Vega with art by Fernando Suarez. <laughs> Yeah, I love Ashes. Um, I'm really excited for the uh, the 1.5 revision, and uh, the the thing I like about Ashes is is it has this really back and forth, very tactical gameplay. So you know, if you look at like a game like Magic, for example, it's kind of like an old school like Warhammer or 40k game. It's like I put my land out, I summon my creatures. I send my attackers in, I do my recovery step, da-da-da-da, and then you go, and you do all your steps. But Ashes has this real cool back and forth. I do an action, you do an action. I do an action, you do an action. And this, that quick, snappy gameplay, and the kind of the shift in tactics compared to a lot of these other games, where you do that, you have to set up your whole turn. I really like that. It feels a lot more visceral in terms of the combat side of it, like you just right in there, you know, you throw a blow, I block, you throw a blow, I block. That was just really cool. And then of course the mana system in this is just really, it's all dice driven. Um, it's almost, I would say, is it 50% dice game, 50% card game? I mean, it's close. It's probably like 60% card game, but um, just the way that, that you can interchange those dice and upgrade them and, you know, have the different types of mana that they generate. Um, it's just something really neat and the way you can kind of like save dice and, you know, carry them forward to the next turn and, and try to build up for a better roll and stuff. Um, and all the cool abilities and everything are really neat. Yeah. So for me, uh, I remember at Origins, I guess, was it 2015? Uh, when I sat with Isaac Vega and he said, Hey, I want, I want to show you this game. And uh, he told me about the dice, and I'm like, dude, that is, that is really cool. The fact that you have basically 10 resources, and depending on how they come out, that's what you're going to have to spend. I thought, man, that, that's, that's neat. But the thing that got me, that blew me away, that nobody's ever done, is the, you got your starting five. I went, wait, what? He said, yeah. Oh, yeah, you right. Pick your start, Forgot that, yeah. You pick your starting five cards. Yeah. I went, Isaac. I said, that's so cool. That is mind-blowing. Yeah. That's Instead so of having to draw through your deck to get what you want, he says, yeah, that's the whole goal. Why start a game out slow? Put the five cards you need right up front and get them into play. Right. I gave him a standing ovation <laughs> and a hug right there. I bet you did. No, I totally forgot about that. I mean, that is such a cool... It's really like... it's such. I want, I want to call it like a brave mechanic. Because it's really brave to do that. Yes. Because these games are so much predicated on like mitigating that card draw. And Isaac and the team were like, just like, you know what, screw it. Here, just take the cards, and we'll rebalance the game around that. And yeah, that's that's really a cool, innovative list. The only real question is, why is this not, not on Matt's list? 
Yeah, no, that was. I, I figure I had to defend myself <laughs> in my sense. It should be on there. It just it came out at a time it, it didn't land with my group uh, at the time. Um, like my, I don't know for whatever reason I didn't. I usually I have at least one partner that I can find to to, to CCG game or LCG with me. Um, for some reason, I don't know why it didn't land, and I don't think it was the quality of the game. It might have just been a weird first match oh, or sure. something. Um, but yes, I always regretted it. I remember Marty. I think I jumped on a Skype with you and Rodney playing it just because I wanted to watch people play and like be a part of this game because I liked it so much. But I, I just it would be on there if I had played it more. I wanted to at least include stuff that I had I had put you know a good amount of time into oh, played yeah. you know more than some games that kind of thing. Oh, another thing. Uh, as far as I know, this was the first game I've ever played that had a thirty card deck. Many have copied it since then. Hmm. Yes, but I think that was the first one that, and I thought that's amazing. Deck building's easier. Three yep. copies per card, thirty Absolutely. card deck. You're all yeah. done. The other thing I liked about that is they gave you like whenever you summon monsters or creatures, sometimes they were like tokens, and so they gave you like a little stack of them, and so you never had to worry about. It was such a, like a I don't know why it's so simple and such a breath of fresh air instead of like having to draw that creature card. You had to just get that spell out, and then you could activate that and cast that once you had it out. And then you just grab from your stack of creatures and put them out. And that just made, it just feels so fresh and different than, well, I didn't draw any creatures, you know, and I can't put them out because I didn't draw them. But, you know, yep. it's just it's such a simple shift. Okay, so, well, that's... Uh, but I will say, but I will say that uh, there was a lot of problems that came as that... Uh, game went along. There was a lot of good, very confusing timing issues. Mm. Yep. And what's cool is, is that is that's what they're re, uh, trying to fix. Uh, Planet Games now has uh, the original play taster, tester as the designer, and he's tweaking all that stuff to try to get rid of this very confusing timing mechanic. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I want to interrupt you. Oh, wait a minute, I want to interrupt that. Well, that's going to cause this and these crazy timing things. Yeah. Hopefully that's all taken care of and making it easier game to play. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I got I got good faith that they will. Yeah. So moving along to that was both Marty and I's number four, and Matt's number four is actually higher on my list. So <laughs> all right. So we're gonna skip. Uh, we're gonna skip uh, your number four. Go right to your number three, there, Matt. All right. Uh, I, f I feel weird about having this where it is. I told you that before, but uh, my number three is Marvel Dice Masters. The at least the first two sets, the Avengers versus X Men, and the whatever the, the next one was. It was like X Men. I forget the name of the second one. Yeah. Um, and again, like I, I had like a caveat at the beginning. Like my interest in, I, I think a, a good chunk of the CCG interest, the thing that draws me into it, is the the collectible aspect. And having the theme be Marvel and, like, collecting these cards with, like, the little... It's still silly, but even that little colored bar that told you the rarity, you're like, oh, I opened a rare. Oh, it's <laughs> like that. That's, like, exciting, you know what I mean? And then, like, on, on top of the fact that it's just this cool thing where you can put a certain amount of dice for each of these characters into your pool. It was pretty quick to build. Um, you know, I went all out. I got, like, custom play mats that I got from... Um, like the inked playmat site and people would put up their own um, designs for these cool like X-Men theme playmats. Right. And uh, I just, I just really enjoyed, I, I played a ton of it. It just happened to land in my group, right? It was the first CCG I had ever gotten into for, I mean, I, since magic, the gathering, right? True CCG, like collectible, collectible. Right. And uh, it just, it landed just right with my group. I think there was at least three or four of us that had 
bought multiple booster boxes to play along, and that just hasn't happened in a long time. Usually I kind of buy everything and kind of facilitate the collection, even the games that I have higher on my list here. Um, I've always been the facilitator of it, and then we kind of share my pool of cards. Right. But this one hit just right that it was it was unique enough, like, hey, now I'm opening a booster pack. There's a die in here. That's so mm-hmm. cool, you know? Like So that, that made everyone uh, kind of get into it, and um, we played the heck out of it. And we even got to the point where we... We had made our own house rules, um, you know, like Black Widow was totally broken in the first set. I don't know if you guys I ever vaguely, that game, Yeah, I have, I, and I vaguely remember broken, that, yeah. Green Goblin, broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, there was, like, two super rares that were just stupid broken. Um, yeah. And you just, like, you don't play without them. Like, all the tournaments were dominated by those two cards, and, like, that was lame. So we kind of house ruled that stuff so we, we could even enjoy that stuff even mm. more. But yeah, I played the heck out of that one. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed this one, too. Uh, I was not at all a fan of Couriers, which is what this was sort of based on. Yeah, yeah I sold all that oh, yeah. <laughs> very quickly after I... Yeah, yeah, but and I was very, like, trepidatious going into this, and everybody was like, no, you gotta try it. I hated Couriers too, but I like this. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. yeah, so when we got a chance to play this, and uh, my group doesn't usually get into this style of game that much and uh, and even some of them did so that was that was pretty telling we had we had a great time with it there for a few months for sure yep we uh uh we revisited a couple months ago whiz kids had a new starter box mm. and uh we checked it out and i forgot how you know you have to kind of learn it's like well when you're attacked you know your your dice goes here but if you didn't block they go here you know there's right. different ways the dice move on the mat but i kind of had to re-familiarize me familiarize myself with once i got into it I was like yeah this was a good game yeah. however there's something that really hurt that game early on that also hurt another game that's on this list and yeah. we'll talk about it when we get to that yeah. game yep i th- totally agree i with think that. there's something that that has in common with this game uh not necessarily the, pro- the problem but also another piece of the game uh yeah so anyway i don't want to spoil anything so yeah, yeah. that's Number what was that? Number three for you? That's that's my number three. Right. Yep. So I'm gonna go to my number three, and this is a similar theme, but a different uh, complete style game. And this is the Versus System two-player card game from Upper Deck. Now I played the original Versus, which was a trading card game with packs, way back in 2004, I think it came, and got really into that. Um, I played that, uh, I want to say professionally cause I didn't win a lot of tournaments, but I did win some tournaments and stuff and actually won some money and played in the first, no, first or second pro tour event down in Los Angeles. Uh, and I got trounced there <laughs> and then entered a draft and got trounced and then entered the 10 K and got trounced. But then I did place in a, uh, 10 K over in Seattle. So anyway, needless to say, I was super into it and actually wrote a piece of software that you could actually build and draft the game with and worked with another piece of software to actually play games online because I was on a team and we used that and we, uh, I wasn't the guy that built the deck. Another guy built this deck that like took over the meta for like a year and I was super into it. Um, but then, so fast forward, that game slowly died off. It got some of the problems similar to Ashes where it got kind of too big for its britches and it got kind of out of control with all the different powers and sets and everything. And then so Upper Deck and then re-released the LCG version of that, which had some stream, streamlined uh, mechanics and worked a little bit differently. It's definitely a different game, but it has a lot in common. So it's probably 75% the same game. Uh, and a couple of things that it had that was really neat is 
Uh, Marty, one of the early ones you mentioned, I think it was your number 10, was you had that kind of formations of where you put your cards. So this just has a front row and a back row. So if you're in the back row, you can't attack your opponent unless that character has ranged. And you can't attack beyond your character, your opponent's front row unless you have flying to fly over their front row. So you had this kind of thing where you might hide people in the back that have cool abilities. So you don't want them getting touched. And, you know, the other guys in front that were bigger and tougher to block them and all this kind of stuff. So that was really neat. It was like playing like a, almost a little miniature game without any real space. But you still had that spatial thought. Nice. And the second thing it did, which just really, I wish other games would do this. And I think the World of Warcraft TCG basically did the same thing. Because a lot of the designers were in common. Is instead of drawing one card on your turn, you drew two cards. Every turn, you drew two cards. And you could use any card you want as a resource, as mana. Now, they had special cards that were locations. You put them... Well, in the old game, you put them face down. But in the new one, you put them face up. And they had cool symbols, and they would trigger abilities. But if you had a card, you're like, I'm not going to use this card. You can just put it face down, and it's a resource. But there's a real decision to be made there. Instead of like Hearthstone, where they just give you mana every turn. Then you can say, well, I've got this character that costs eight. I'm not going to use this guy for a while. I know there's two or three others in my deck. So first turn, I'm just going to drop it down, and there's my mana for the turn. But, you know, you're taking a risk there that you might not draw the other one later. Just real cool tactical combat. Um, lots of interesting abilities. The original, you could have DC and Marvel together. I mean, some of the best decks were like a Batman and... Uh, uh, Brave and Bold, you know, with like the Teen Titans deck versus a Spider-Man deck. So you could set up those kind of cool scenarios and stuff. Now the new one's all Marvel stuff, but you can still have fun. There's like a cool Thanos deck that was totally broken and they just reprinted Thanos in like the second expansion. It was like, you have to use this one now. <laughs> That's not broken. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this probably looking at my list here, this, these top kind of three, you know, Ashes is kind of creeping in there, but those top three, this could all kind of replace each other. As my number one, because this one I've really just have, and this one's still going. The LCG, it's still going. It's not, I don't think it's a very big community or anything, but uh, they're still pumping out expansions for it. I played the. Uh, I was looking when it came out. It came out in two thousand four mm -hmm. from Upper right. Deck, and I for sure anything that was a CCG with like an IP I liked, I was I was into it. So I did play that that early game too, and really enjoyed it. I played for a while until actually uh, Upper Deck released uh, the Wild TCG, and then that kind of replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I think they that kind of that and the game itself kind of killed off the original versus was the WoW one coming along. Uh, so that was my number three. Sounds cool. And so now we're going to go to Marty's number three, which was my number six. So take it away, Marty. Okay. Uh, sure. So I was so into the Lord of the Rings LCG in 2011. It's like, hmm, I'd like to play like a competitive game. Mm -hmm. And so the next year, Fantasy Flight released Android Netrunner. And uh, I was totally smitten with that game. Uh, the theme was unique. Uh, you know, cyberpunk theme, hacking. I thought that was really cool, unique. But the thing that got me is you had two totally asymmetric ways to play. You had the runner, which had their own deck, their own different cards, their own actions. And you had the corporation that had this own actions, deck, etc., the win conditions for each were different, and I love building a you know a corporation deck, a runner deck, then sitting down, playing, swapping, playing again. It's one of those games that 
I rarely get into like the meta and really learn how cards work and everything, but I was hard and heavy. I knew every card. I never had to, you know, I knew the names. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what that does. Sort of thing. And I was so into it that by the time the carpool got so large and I got so old that I couldn't remember and keep up anymore is when I kind of started falling away. <laughs> but then I heard a lot of other Netrunner players say it's saying too, it's just gotten insane. It's like, I think there was a lot of cards that had to, you know, nerf or just get rid of or limit that you could have in the deck. It just got kind of unwieldy from what I understand. Yeah, no, I I absolutely uh, love this game. Probably for the first cycle of expansions, I kind of stopped after that first cycle because it just kind of gets out of hand, you know. It's like you always start off thinking, oh, I'll keep up with this. And I had a buddy at work that we played with, uh, played with me. And like you said, yeah, everything you said, you know, the two asymmetrical sides, that's something you don't really see. Um, I liked the whole theme of it where you kind of build up the ice or the firewall of stuff, and then you're trying to hack, you know, through it. And I like the whole mm-hmm. deduction part of it, where there's like there's like the extra level of bluffing, and that's something that like even magic and stuff has, because at magic, like you'll play a card to like, hey, counterspell that. Hey, no, I want you to counter because then your big one's coming after it. You know what I mean? So that little mm-hmm. layer there, that like little mind, uh, that Yomi aspect of it, right? Uh, that is just all over net runner, and I really yeah, love it. Yeah. And wasn't that wasn't that so cool? It's like uh, you know, uh, you're 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 playing the corporation. They start running, and you set a trap. Yeah. And it's like, and you could tell they're struggling. Should I jack out? Should I continue? So they're going, please continue, please continue, <laughs> yeah. please continue, because <laughs> you want to flip over that trap card. Yeah. Um, the the thing the terminology was crazy. Boy, there was a learning curve for learning everything because everything had its own name. Oh. It wasn't you know a hand. It was grip yeah. and. You know, it was, uh, oh, it was yeah. a stack. And, uh, God, I can't remember what all this stuff was. But anyway, everything had its own name, unique name you had to come up with. Yeah, no, yeah, it was uh, it was, it was, was great. It was great. And I feel like I'm going to get a little bit of flack for not having it higher on my list. But, yeah. But <laughs> actually, so there's a game that I have that replaces it, and I'll try to defend that. But, yeah, definitely Netrunner is fantastic, uh, fantastic game. Yeah. Did you I, play I wish that? I, had folks. I, I did. I played a little bit. Um, I think I played against like one opponent a couple of times. I loved it, um, but it was, I think it was, it might have been my wife playing against me, and she was really into the Star Wars LCG as opposed to that, I think. it was. They, when did this come out? Did it come out before or after? I don't know. Star- I played it a little bit. This came out a little before too Star Wars, angry. yeah. Before, yeah, yeah. I think we played that first, and it was a little too, it was, it was like you said, Marty, it was complex and heavy, and the teach was really intense, and I just, I don't think I could, I could get it to stick, but I always wanted to play it. It always looked, I was always watching, uh, like, the Shut Up and Sit Down guys did tons of stuff about, um, like, their adventures and running Netrunner decks, and, you know, I talked about tournaments and all that stuff, and I always thought that was an interesting listen. Yep. Good stuff. So, that's the number three. So, Marty, we're going to stick with you on the number two, which was oh. Matt's number six. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I played Lord of the Rings LCG, loved the co-op format. And then once again at Gen Con, uh, there was like, wait a minute, Arkham Horror LCG. Well, that sounds kind of cool. So I went and did a demo of that. And as soon as I sat down and they said, now what's really different about this game is you have locations. And I went, locations? And they put out these cards and generated a map. And it's like, yeah, so you have a little player card, and you're going to be able to move around uh, this map and uh, do different things. I went, oh, my gosh. 
how complicated are the phases? Because I remember how the LCG was for Lord of the Rings. I was like, no, no, no. There's no phases. You just got two actions. Take on your turn. What you want to do? You want to draw a card? You want to get resources? You want to move? You want to fight? You went, oh, I said, just going to give me two actions. Do my turn. Do you think I want? I went, yeah, that's cool. He said, oh, wait a minute. There's a little story behind this. I went, excuse me? And so they read off the narrative and everything. And all of a sudden, I was just engrossed. Ever since, when that came out, 2016, I've been playing this game. I just played last week. I have a steady group that we're playing through uh, all the expansions. This is a game that, if I was to rank my top favorite games of all time, even though this is number two on this particular list, it's one of my top games now of all time because for me, there's no better merging of a strategic game and a narrative game that merges so well together. I feel like I have some control over things, but then there's the chaos of pulling that token knowing there might be the auto fail, I get into the story. I love reading the flavor text, and it's like things will happen. Like last week, we're early in the campaign, and because of a bad pull I had that I failed, that triggered a different ending force in the story. Mm. And that's going to mm. haunt me because I know what should have happened that we had to write in the campaign log. <laughs> and now, from now on, it's going to keep referencing. Remember that thing that happened that you didn't get or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, well, now that sucks for you now. <laughs> so, <laughs> deal. so, yeah, that is why it's, it's my number two and actually one of my favorite games of all time. Nice. Yeah, that was uh, that, that would probably be up higher on the list, too, if I, I've, I've gone through the first two sets, and I, I really, really love them. Um, I, I don't For some reason, I don't know, it's, it was sort of like midway up my list. I think it was the number six. Um, it's deep. It's got lots of fun mechanics. The deck building is straightforward. Like you said, like it's a 30 car deck, right? That doesn't take too much to build. Um, yeah, the, the theme, reading the story, kind of going along with it. That's just awesome. And I and I love, I really love that you can just lose and keep going on through. Mm-hmm. It's like you can mm-hmm. just lose all six scenarios in a campaign and you still get to the conclusion. It's not just do it again over and over again until you beat it. I kind of like that. Um, obviously, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. play the campaign again when I lose, but I think that that's cool. Right, and I forgot, totally adds the RPG element. So with Lord of the Rings, basically, you had to finish before you could continue, and you were yes. constantly tweaking your deck in order to get to that one scenario. Like you said, you can lose, but you'll continue, but you're playing with the same deck. You get XP, you upgrade your deck. So then it adds this this role-playing element where you're starting with yeah. this character, and you're going to play hours with this one character and make them better and tweak them. Or maybe there's a weakness that's injected to their deck that makes them a little more fearful of certain things. Oh, mwah. And it's the design so <laughs> space is so wide open to do so many things. Every time we play a scenario that's a little different where we're not just fighting monsters, I'm just like, this is brilliant. Again, yep. I, I stand up and give myself a high five, you know, <laughs> how well it's played. That's awesome, man. I got to get through more. I've only done, I think, the second, yeah, whatever the second one, I forget the name, the Dunwich, the Dunwich Horror one, the six the six scenarios that go along with that, or the eight, sorry. Um, so good, so good. Can't wait to do more. Awesome, and now there's a reason it's not on my list, and that will be covered shortly. So just before anybody gets upset, <laughs> <laughs> but I do really—I just wanted to chime. I mean, you guys have gushed uh, or waxed and waned about it, but uh, I mean, it's an excellent game. It's—it's it's theoretically a better game than the one that I have that replaced it, but not for me. So that's okay. So that was your number number two, right? Number three, number two, mm-hmm. number two. Okay, so we're gonna go to my number two. Which is, and Matt's, oh, this was also on Matt's list. Matt's number eight. So this is the one I sneak peeked earlier on accident. And that's Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions. And Mm. I would say, so I have to caveat this because 
I know I've on the past I've listed Age of Sigmar the miniature game as my number one game of all time. That maybe has a little bit to do with why this is so high on my list, but I, I don't actually think so unless it's some kind of like deep seated bias that I can't recognize. I want to recognize it, but I don't think it's just that because I think this this game actually is kind of what didn't really replace Netrunner, but to me kind of does replace Netrunner. Uh, so you have lanes in this one. And I've tried other lane games, like Soul Forge is the one that's only online. It's actually pretty fun, but it's now defunct. And there's been a couple other games where you have, like, lanes of combat. And you put your champions in lanes, and they have these different, like, icons on them. And so when you play cards to those lanes, they have to match, like, the type, like, warrior and mage. But you're also trying to match these icons to rotate that champion. And once you rotate it around, it might trigger abilities as they rotate. But there'll be a random blessing... You get to pick the blessings to put in your deck, but you don't know actually where they're at. And so once they rotate all the way around, that'll trigger a blessing, which is usually like an amazing, like game-breaking thing. But everybody has them in their deck. And then otherwise you're just trying to smash, you know, each other player, kind of like in Magic or Versus or something. But man, so I played, we were just talking before we got on here, I probably played, I think, seven, maybe eight games of this in person, in real life. And over a hundred on the app because what you could do is you could scan the cards, and then it puts them into your game uh, online. So you don't have to. I never spent a cent of, on the thing online because it just you get the card and it goes in the app and then it's there. And then and so then I played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games on the on the app and really you had this cool ladder system. I went way up the ladder, and once you kind of play the games in the meta. It does this really interesting thing, which kind of made it feel like Netrunner. We're like, oh, he's playing the big Orc Gordrak deck, which I know does these couple of things really well. But then after you sort of get through the net listing, you find the people that are really experimenting with it and doing those weird things to sort of counter like the really powerful Flesh Eater Quartz deck or the crazy Stormcast deck or all these other decks. And it became this, again, that kind of guessing game, that deduction element really seeped into it. Uh, once you got kind of past uh, some of that stuff, because you knew based on the heroes and then you know what kind of blessings they're going for. It was this really interesting dichotomy between I'm going to play this card to do damage or get this effect, but you can't neglect those blessings. You have to try to match the types and the yeah. icon types because you know once that blessing triggers, like it's just going to be mayhem and it's going to be great. And you want to try to prevent your opponent from hitting you in the head, but also preventing their blessing activation. It becomes this real kind of tense, kind of sweaty thing where it's like, oh no, I know it's going to be that one blessing because you've seen it before. Uh, it's just fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. But it's totally dead. Oh. It, it, you can still play it online. They don't manufacture any more cards. So I feel honestly bad for not mentioning it this high in the list, but I've had that much fun with it. Um, you can still get on and play it for free on Steam or on iOS. And then if you want to spend money, I would not throw a penny at this game because it's going to be gone. <laughs> But it's really fun. And they have, like, online they have, like, quests. And you can go on, like, campaigns. And it's, like, this... And they set up these crazy, like, um, puzzles with this whole lane thing. So if you want to fight, like, a boss, talking about, like, the raid battles, they will set up these ridiculous things where the computer is cheating. And, like, this isn't even legal in the game. But it's this little puzzle. Like, you get a deck and the computer gets this deck. And you have to figure out how to make your deck beat that deck. And there's a big, like, long campaign. So you go and play, like, 30 games of it. And you unlock new cards for your decks and stuff. 
but Matt, you want to talk about it a little bit? <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're making me wish I put this higher on my list here, and you talk about yeah. it, man. I, I really enjoyed this game for quite a while. Um, I think the the last time I was at Gen Con now was was a 2018, and every one of my friends picked it up, and we all bought like I think we split like three or four booster boxes. Like we're like we just went all out, yeah. and we played that game. In person, um, we went to the demo that they were giving out. We got our starter decks, and then we went and got a bunch of booster packs. We bought all the playmats, like the Gen Con playmats, and we just hung out at the top of the uh, the Omni in the mezzanine there and played until like four or five in the morning, like two or three nights in a row. We just kept we kept playing it. We kept tweaking our decks, and um, it's it's one of my fondest uh, CCG card game you know memories. Mm-hmm. I think was just playing that that whole weekend of playing it. I mean, that was obviously the most I ever physically played it in person. Right. Um, it was just so fun discovering the game and all those things that you just described, like the, the tense, uh, you know, waiting for your opponent, like what's his blessing going to be. And I got to say, one of the things that there wasn't anything quite as satisfying to me than like having this like totally kick-ass powerful card and then like playing something that rolls it back two ticks and now it's going to trigger again two more times. Yeah. Like your opponent just goes like, yeah. no, and you're like, oh, here it comes, like another seven damage two times in a row. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's some really good, really good stuff. And and I, I think probably we played it for a few months after Gen Con, and then we I think we kind of all took it online. Right. And I played a lot on there too. You know, like squeezing it into a lunch break or whatever here and there at work. It was great. Oh yeah, I lived for lunch breaks at, in, during this period. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you got any thoughts on this one or? Uh, no, I thought it was an amazing game. I mean, I was there when it came out too. I remember we went and got the demo over there from who made it. Uh, play play fusion. fusion, yeah. Play fusion, yeah. Yeah, play fusion, and I remember we really enjoyed it. But but to me, that's the thing I thought was so cool. Oh, I can scan the cards and play online. Yep. But then I got worried. And I, I don't know where this is the, what hurt it, but I think it did. I think it was too much focus was on the digital version yep. because it was big at my store, my local store. People were buying boxes of this stuff and playing. Yep. But then people just started kind of migrating towards the map. Uh, the, the app and not coming into the store and playing and then they probably realized wait a minute we don't have to print cardboard let's just release yeah. the cards on the on the app and then that was it yeah exact yeah. same thing happened here exact same thing yeah i think I, I think one of the mistakes they made too if if i mean i don't know uh, but it seems like they made it too easy to get cards in the online game like the free-to-play oh, yeah. game in my opinion should have been more restrictive um because like I thought it was a way better deal to buy a physical booster card pack than to buy a pack of booster cards in the game, right? It was like the same style as Hearthstone where you pay like $2 and get five cards. Like that was a ripoff. You could go get a 14-card booster pack of Warhammer Champions in your local game store and scan every single card. And you're guaranteed at least one rare per pack and everything like mm-hmm. that. But it was so easy. I think you and I even talked about it a bunch. It was like you don't need to buy any cards for this game. You get card. They throw cards at you all oh, the time. Yeah. You get tons of and especially if you got, um, you could go online and, and share your little scan booster card thing with oh. like all the Facebook groups and everything else. Yeah, because you could get the uh, in, in the starter sets. You had um, you had like a special card that was just for that for sharing, and there was yeah. like a Facebook. And I spent like <laughs> like a day going through yep, that. Just Facebook. put your phone up to the screen yep. and just and that would give you like while your credits sleeping. or whatever. And then I'm like, oh cool, I have like a thousand dollars worth of free coins or whatever. <laughs> this, you yeah. Know? Yeah, they they were too generous because the game was awesome, and the even yeah. even going to it like I, I thought that was a good model. Hey, I'll just go to the store and pick up five booster packs at my local game store, give them some business, come online and play it. But yeah, to your point, it was way too easy to get cards. I think in the app. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Well, heartbreak. Maybe I think you you probably have it in the right spot on your list because it doesn't exist, <laughs> so it shouldn't be at number two. But <laughs> um, but neither does some of Marty's games. I don't even know if they actually ever did exist. I think he. I don't <laughs> think Spycraft wow. ever existed. <laughs> wow, harsh. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to do mass number two, and then we'll do a little recap here and this before we get to number one. So, Matt, go ahead and do your number two. All right, my number two might be controversial, but I think uh, – I say it's Summoner Wars um, from Plat Hat Games. Uh, it's, it is technically a deck builder. The decks can be built. It is pre – I mean, the game comes with pre-constructed decks. Um, there is a number of different releases for the game, and this is why I kind of put it in the CCG category. It's It's – it's a, it's more of a miniatures game, honestly, because your cards basically move around a board. You're playing against an opponent um, by physically moving your cards around the board. Your combat involves rolling dice, uh, but you are playing with a deck of cards that has a bunch of little interesting mechanisms. Um, while you're moving around, you've got your ranged attackers that can shoot up to three spaces. Uh, you can, you know, and I mean, just insane levels of asymmetry, right? Like the game had 16 unique factions. Um, spread across a bunch of different box sets. Then they had booster packs that came out to expand each faction where you could do additional deck-building mechanisms and swap out your champions with other champions. And uh, Then there's a faction that was entirely called the Mercenaries faction that was just for uh, bringing in this one neutral faction that could be mixed into any faction. And it, there's, there's so much... Um, I can't really speak to all of it being perfectly balanced. I played it casually for many years and you know never really ran into huge balance problems. But um, just just a really really interesting game. Like even the setup for each faction on their card said like this is where all your starting units go, and and you know that was asymmetric to you know some characters had specific like the vine walls instead of like the regular walls that would be there as terrain and stuff. And it, it was just this super cool game. An insane amount of content to to play through with the deck building. Again, my preference with with deck building, it was kind of on the lighter side. You were really only swapping out champions and maybe your, I forget what they call it, the leader or whatever. Uh, so it was pretty light in that respect. And um, yeah, just just fired on all cylinders for me. Even the dice combat was not too luck based. I think like a hit was anything was three, four, five, and six, right? So like most of the time you're going to hit, it wasn't just a coin flip to, to land an attack. It was, it was greater than that. And I just, yeah, it, it just really, it hit everything for me. I played it a ton with my wife. I love the four player multiplayer that you could do where your boards would kind of overlap and you could have units walk off the board and come in on the other side. Um, really great game. And they're, I guess, apparently making a second edition. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that, but I'm not sure if I want to recollect everything. Cause I literally have everything they made for the other one. And I kind of want to just, just hold it tight. <laughs> Did I lose you guys? My mic's somewhere? Oh no, I was muted. Sorry. <laughs> I was sitting there agreeing like, okay. with you and, and I just asked you a question. Sorry. And then I realized I hit right, was it? <laughs> are we on Sorry, a zoom a call what is this um so no i was I, I meant to ask you is it confirmed that uh they're doing a, a re a second edition or is that just a rumor because i thought it was a rumor like they were thinking about was, it well they said uh when when plat hat went independent again yeah that was one of the first things they mentioned was redoing summon awards and if that did well they would do Ashes. Oh. So that's why I was surprised hmm. that Ashes got the relaunch before Summon yep. Award. But to be fair, I think that Team Covenant kind of came in 
and help make that happen too. Okay. But one of the first things Colby said was, "Is we're redoing Summoner Wars and bringing it okay, back." Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It was a uh, incredible amount of content, and just uh, the design space was just great. It just kept going and expanding. I loved it. Yeah, you know, I, I got to fairly try this one again because I tried this one. I don't know. It was around 2011, 10, 11 in there, and really did not care for it. So, but I was also kind of a dummy. <laughs> all right so let's do yeah. let's do this we'll do a recap here so i'm showing the list again you guys can't see it but the rest of them can so matt's number eight has come in so i'm going to show that one and then my oh my number 10 isn't on there yet i wonder why could be somebody's number one uh, let's see the number six is here netrunner and world of warcraft and arkham yep so the sixes are all spoken for. Show that one. And then Matt's number four was higher on my list. So that might be my number one. And let's see. And then the twos and the threes for all of us are uh, we've spoken about. So I'm going to just show that list. So, But while I'm doing this, I thought we would just take a quick break before we get to our number one. And throw out just real quick a couple of honorable mentions. I'll just I'll start and then we'll go to Marty and Matt. I got two honorable mentions. And Matt, Summoner Wars is kind of in the same ballpark. Basically, Mage Wars uh, is a game that I really mm, liked. Yeah. Um, I I played that before I got into miniature games because Mage Wars is really a miniatures game where the cards are figures you move around on a big board with spaces and you can build your spell book and you have actually like a an actual book and they fit in the sleeves in the book and you cast your spells and once you cast it it's done really cool game uh kind of can play long you can, a game can take two to three hours so i think that's a little bit longer than most people want so definitely want to give a sh shout out to mage wars the other one is <clears throat> excuse me warhammer underworlds which i think really is a con collectible constructible type of card game more like an lcg uh, but it's heavily focused, obviously, on the miniature movement and combat. But you don't really build uh, your army or your warband. You get a fixed warband, and then you build your two decks. You have an objective deck and then your action card deck. And honestly, that one in particular would be on this list. But I didn't feel right including it. Um, I'm not as irresponsible as Matt is with his selections. <laughs> no, I'm just playing around. No, but I, I really didn't feel like I should include it because it is, it is, it is more of a miniatures game. I don't know. I have a hard time. It's it's kind of in that weird hybrid space. But I wanted to kind of keep this list sort of in the same realm as is what we were all discussing. So anyway, those are my two honorable mentions. Uh, Marty, do you have any? Uh, yeah, and so I know. There's some people uh, talking right now in the discussion about uh, the CCG, and we talked about this early on. The CCG typically has a connotation of a collectible card where, game where you're buying blind booster packs, and we kind of said at the beginning, it's, it's customizable card games where you're coming in with a pre-built deck. You're buying expansions, you're buying cards, pre-building a deck, and coming sit down and playing a game. And I think, Matt, that's probably why you threw some of the wars on here. Yeah. Joel, I also would give a nod to Warhammer Underworlds. Um, because you can use the same army every time but a different deck and it's a different game and you don't get to change up your army if you're playing with a particular army th those models will not change right. so in, in the interest of this list I did not include it either 
but I would give it a nod uh, for sure. Um, there's another one I would definitely give an honorable mention. But I don't want to say it because it's in you know, all those guys' list, so I'm going to hold off on that. I did play a couple other people to mention. Doomtown Reloaded, uh, I played. I enjoyed for a bit. It was a little bit over really complicated yeah. for what I was looking for. Having to re- that re- this the deck building requirement of that 52 cards and the limits were, were too tough for me. And then uh, Legend of the Five Rings, I I enjoyed that, but I couldn't get any other anybody else to really get into it here, so I kind of stopped playing it. I enjoy that game for what it is, but I just really never had a chance to really uh, get into it. All right, those are good ones, Matt. I I just want to say I also like Doomtown a lot too. Sorry, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I never got to try that one. Um, I I would say some honorable mention ones that I played. I mean, it's not that they really were were super standout for me, but um, I played a bit of the the Transformers trading card game um, that just kind of just went defunct here in the last couple of weeks. Um, with all the COVID stuff, it became harder for them to distribute it, and, and obviously they couldn't do tournaments, so it just died out. But um, I, I like Transformers. That was always a fun theme for me, uh, you know, growing up with the TV show and all that stuff, um, and the toys and, and that kind of thing. Uh, there was some, I think the first set was a little bland. <laughs> Joel, I remember you and I played the starter Holy set cow. where we like split the deck in two. What a pile <laughs> it was so of bad. No, I'm just te- I'm teasing. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> no, no, it was really bad. Like the initial starter box set that they were selling at Gen Con, whatever it was in 2018, was, and they were like, I'll just split this deck in half and you have a two player starter set. Yeah, like it was garbage. Was, yeah. um, the full set was pretty cool. Again, like a lot of the complexity in the first wave came in, like the rares really are the ones that had really the more interesting mechanical elements like, you know, standing up your characters that are down and swapping this piece of gear to have these three things trigger and, and that kind of combo stuff came from the rares. But by the time the second and really the third set rolled out, it, it started to get really cool and there was a lot of deck building options and um, yeah, and it was Wizards, right? So there was there was a good design space there. There was a lot of good people behind it. And I remember they put out a... At one point, they put out a blog post describing why they were banning a particular card. And it was like four pages of explanation. And I just... I it was eating it up. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is what Wizards does for card games. And they're so careful about it. And they think through these decisions. Um, but in the end, I think Transformers just wasn't... It didn't make my list because I, I guess just didn't play it enough. Probably played it a dozen or two, dozen, couple dozen times uh, with my buddies and stuff around here. A couple of times at my local game store, and then I just couldn't find an opponent to play it with, so I uh, I stopped playing it. Right. But that was a good game. I enjoyed it. All righty, man. People on the chat are coming up with some good yeah, stuff. I played yep. UFS. Universal Fighting System was amazing. I think there's another one. Uh, they're now doing Street Fighter. Uh, versions of that, which is fun. It really does mimic a good game. Now, somebody else mentioned this, and this I was going to say this earlier, but I thought, nah, it's not a card game. Dreamblade. Did y'all ever play the miniatures game Dreamblade from Wizards? No. It's also so. a, an Arkham Horror-type game, but it's like an abstract version of chess where you're using minis. Huh. It was an amazing game, and it was one of those you had to buy booster boxes because you never knew what you were going to get. The only bad thing about it was the stats were on the bottom of the miniature, so you kept were constantly picking up and looking at the bottom because you couldn't remember what they did. <laughs> but the rule set was really cool. So it's cool that somebody mentioned it in the chat. Dreamblade was, was really good, too. Right on. All right. So we're here to our number ones. And since uh, I accidentally might have showed it for about half a second, Marty, you do yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so my number one is basically the game that got me into tabletop board, uh, tabletop games. Uh, my brother-in-law uh, came to town one time. He said, hey, I'm going to go play this game in a game store. And I went, well, let me go check it out. 
And at that time, I was really heavy into collecting baseball cards. I was a completionist. When I got the set of baseball cards, I had to have them all. And so he went out and he started playing this game called the Lord of the Rings trading card game. And he said, yeah, you buy these booster packs and you build a deck and you, and you play against each other. And I went, oh, so like like buying baseball card packs. He went, yeah, it's just like <laughs> that. You try to buy packs and you try to complete a set. Well, I thought, that's very interesting. That sounds like fun. And so I went and learned the rules of the game. And like I said, the, the movies were just coming out. I love I love that lore because I just want to buy like the LCG. Uh, you had this great mechanic of you're building a fellowship. And you're trying to go down nine sites to get to the end. And on your turn, you're trying to move your guy down the sites. The other person uh, is playing as the shadow, trying to keep you from uh, moving down the sites. Then when your turn is over, then it's his turn. He plays as his fellowship. So it bounces back and forth and has this great resource mechanic where when you're the fellowship, uh, you can, if you want to play cards, there's a cost. You take tokens and put them in the middle. But however many you put is how many your opponent gets to use on their mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. So if you play everything, there's going to be a huge pool of resources right in there in the middle for that other person to use against you. There were some bluffing mechanics and everything, but it got, it got me into board games. This is what got me into board awesome. games, and it cost me a lot of money because I was a completionist, <laughs> and I was going out and buying tons of booster boxes because I had to have four of every card. We had to make a loop. I fell into the magic trap, yeah. but it was with just a different game. Yeah. But I love uh, that game to this day, and next year is the 20th anniversary, and Tony and I have, here, i got to show you. Tony and I have already planned. I've got two sealed starter decks, and we're going to stream nice. opening these starter packs relearning the game and playing it together again that's awesome. awesome now i don't remember if i played this one i thought it was called the middle earth trading card game is it there's a middle earth ccg yeah. that is different than right. this one. this one is from decipher who also did the star wars ccg which i saw in the chat a lot of people really enjoyed mm. that came from the same company. okay okay gotcha yeah that sounds cool this almost sounds like the middle earth one because there was this thing where you play back and forth but that one came out like the same time as versus and it was neat it was for sure neat, but then I got you know consumed in the verses. But this one sounds cool. I like that idea. It's almost like the board game, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring board game. Because if you do like a certain amount of actions as on the mechanics are escaping me, but it's a similar idea. Like if I do a bunch of actions, then you get a bunch of actions to do back. That's a really cool concept. Yeah, and um, uh, sorry, yes, that is NC State lamp in my background. This one's actually. Uh, now, see, he threw me off what I was going to say. Oh, uh, the game that came out from Plat Hat Games a couple years back, it was like a replacement for Crystal Clans. It was kind of like some of the Oh, yeah, Wars, I like yeah. that. But they, had this, they had the same sort of mechanic. You know, on the side, oh, yeah. the more actions they you do. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's cool. Had that same sort of that's feel. That's cool. All right, so that's Marty's number one, Lord of the Rings trading card game. Nice. So my number one is also Matt's number four. And that is, um, I think I'm going to get some flack, but we'll see. This is a Marvel Champions. And this takes basically, this kind of replaces Arkham for me. Now, what you guys are saying about Arkham, this really, it doesn't do, it doesn't have a campaign yet. Although I think it's on its way to me. Because there's the... uh, Yep, there is one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I'm curious to see how that'll work. But I like that this doesn't have a campaign. And I, I really love the mechanics of this because they're, they're very Arkham-esque uh, where that you know you get, and very Lord of the Rings-esque really, where you get uh, the, the LCG, uh, where you get kind of those monsters that come at you, they kind of come into the general center area, then they start to apply themselves to the different players 
So you've got to fight them. You've got to beat back Doom or Threat off of this tracker and then do combat against the boss. So you're kind of playing to these different locations, similar to that old Lord of the Rings uh, co-op game. So it's very similar to that and similar to the way Arkham works. Um, but I like this because the superhero thing is really easy to get into. For me, you know, you can sell versus is really high on my list. But this game works so well as a solo game or as a multiplayer with two, three, and four players. And the thing that sells it for me is you have to build teamwork into your decks. I feel like more than um, any of these other co-op games, really, because you have these like people that have to be able to like sort of act as the tank and act as the sort of the healer type of thing, or somebody that's going to manage the threat, and another person's going to manage doing damage to the boss. And if you're playing solo, you have to build all that into one deck. So but if you're not playing solo, you don't want to do that because then you're to kind of chew jack of all trades, and you need other heroes and players to take on those roles and what they assume. And that ties into the deck building, which, Matt, we talked about with the Star Wars card game, where it's like you grab a, uh, I don't know what, like an adjective. (laughs) You know, you grab... Yeah, right. It's like alignment or non-alignment, but yeah, basically. like leadership. So I grab leadership cards. Or I grab, uh, I'm having a brain fart on what they're called. Protection Protection. and aggression. So it just makes building the deck so much easier. And I like that it's in the fifteen cards of your core deck, right? right? Yeah, Sorry. you just those those don't change out. Right? You just get those. But um, the thing, I, the reason I like it that it doesn't have an expansion is because it feels to me like even if you play a game and you lose to the character, the boss, that is ninety nine point nine percent of the time. What happens in a comic book series or in a movie or a TV show is the heroes fight the boss in the first twenty to thirty minutes of the show or the movie, and they lose. And they go back, they lick their wounds, they build their decks, and they come up with a new plan, and then they go fight the boss again. And then, like you know. That. And so to me, that that whole thing, I don't need a campaign. Because I'm just like, oh, in this issue, it's She-Hulk with uh, Spider-Man. And they're together. And this issue, there's a crossover issue. And, like, they have a thing where you can go to your alter ego side and go back to the hero side. That's something that's totally ignored in superhero games, which they address here. Um, and you have, like, your little arc nemesis that comes along with you in every game is just there to like pester you and stuff just random stuff like that uh so cool and it, the thing the main thing before i let matt talk about this is um i can play this alone like it plays great with with others and i like yeah. that but if i got an lcg lcg game and a lot of these it's hard to find opponents especially these days this i don't need an opponent for like i can just knock this out and still get that a semblance of that same kind of activity yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said, man. Um, I've played this one primarily solo, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's really fun, and I I like the, I guess it's up higher on my list than the than the Arkham Horror one, even though it doesn't have the campaign. Um, I, I think for those same reasons, like you kind of just you described what I sort of feel on it. Like I don't mind losing to to what well, I was gonna say Rhino, but he's the easiest one. <laughs> but you know, I don't mind losing to a boss and being like, all right, who would be a better hero for this? Right. Uh, what are some other things I could put in? Uh, you know, and then you know the theme on top of that. Like I kind of you can kind of tell a little story as to like kind of how it played out against that boss, and and it's gonna be different every time the way that the attachments come out for the boss and. Yeah, uh, I think it's great. I'm very excited to see the the campaign stuff. Hopefully, it doesn't add too much craziness. I think it's I think it's probably going to be a nice addition to the. Yeah, game. I think it'll be fine. And and each of the heroes really works differently in unique ways and stuff. And 
I think they've done a pretty good yep. job with that. Although I will say, who was it? Captain America is easy mode. I gotta say that. <laughs> yeah, you said he was broken. I thought how you were dare, that, how yeah. dare you? Well, no, he, he is. He's he just easier. He's yeah, good. He's good. Yeah. He's got that shield. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, this game could have easily been in my top ten uh, because you both you guys had it. I put in a more obscure one just to show some love for some old stuff instead of putting it in here. I play this game once a week. Yeah. I play it once a week during, during lunch with a couple friends, and it's exactly everything that you yeah. said. It's easier to get into. The decks are easier to build. It's shorter games. It's kind of one and done. There's not the whole campaign that you need. Like, Arkham Horror is a commitment. Yeah. You're sitting down to play an Arkham Horror. It's really a campaign game to really enjoy it. This is not. This is a one-shot. I appreciate it. They took stuff from Lord of the Rings. They took stuff from Arkham. They kind of filtered it down to the, the best of that stuff, mm -hmm. and they gave you Marvel Champions, and you're right. So far, every hero has been totally unique. I still can't figure out how to play Hulk. But regardless, everyone that's come <laughs> out has been really, really good and unique. This really should be on my top ten. It should. Uh, next it week, absolutely it, should. It, it should. <laughs> it, it should. As much as I play, it came out last year, and I guarantee you I've played at least once a week, every week since. It's a solid game. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I cannot good. wait for the... Um, what's the expansion? Is it not Sinister Six? Uh, it's... Red Skull. Red Skull. Red Skull. Yeah. Yeah. Red Skull. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, all I'm excited to see all how they're going to do that. Okay, so that's my number one. And now Matt's number one was my number ten. <laughs> so uh, uh, Matt, announce it and take it away. This is going to yeah. be a long discussion. Here we yeah. go. Yes, it is. I, this is why I'm glad this is number Everybody one. Everybody gets so, in uh, My number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, my number one is Star Wars Destiny. I Again... In, in my view, this is one that I, I played over 100 games of it, um, I think, because I was logging nah, no, games. Nobody's watching it anymore. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. I was like, wait. <laughs> I'm playing with you. Sorry. Where, where those, I was like, wait, what? Where do those thumbs down come from all of a sudden? Oh, no, I just saw them go up. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt No, you. man, I, I really I played this one a ton. And, uh, and, again, it was one of those ones where it was doing something it was that unique thing, right? It was like the chase of opening a pack and all the rare cards having a die assigned to it. I know I keep putting all that emphasis on that, right? Like the collectible aspect is 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 a fun thing, and getting this big, cool, chunky die um, from the pack and that that is associated with a rare and that little bit of randomness that comes with you know you put out this like super strong character. And he's about to roll his dice, and they're like, oof, that's got three sides with the gun. Like, I, I hope it doesn't land on that or, you know, it, that kind of stuff. I, I, I know that I understand the complaints about the randomness and, and the swinginess and all that, but I thought there was enough stuff to mitigate it. I thought the deck building was pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it was, again, it was a 30-card deck, right? right? Um, maybe, maybe I'm getting that wrong. I but think you're right about that, yeah. I thought, yeah, I mean, it was simple enough. You're like, all right, I got X number of attachments. I got X number of heroes i got x number of this like i felt like the point system worked pretty well um I, I won't lie like the same the same things i've never played in a tournament um i know that the original release there was all kinds of it was like one deck it was like the Django fett build and like no that's stupid i don't want to play that but like we you know we did the same thing when i played with buddies we kind of we kind of house ruled um certain characters that were just like not fun you know meta type stuff but Man, it was so fun. I, I, I played, I logged over 100 games of it. I played, and again, I played a ton of online games. I think I played it the most via, like, Skype webcam stuff. We had, like, a whole league going for a couple, like, for a few months, yep. right? That was awesome. So awesome. 
Um, yeah, I Martin, I loved it too. You know, um, and they ran into those production issues and everything, especially with the first set or two. That was a bummer. Um, those dice were so cool and unique, though. That that screen printed, they they were they were super great quality, and for, and the the quality of that for well, I don't remember how much a booster cost, but that seemed more than reasonable. Four bucks. Yeah, I think it was four bucks for a boost because there's they had five cards, right? You um, got like three dice or something, and that one one die, die. That's all you got. Okay. As one 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 rare card per pack, and then the rare cards always had a right. die. But it had that tactical sort of combat thing. I talked about. A little bit with Ashes. I mean, they're both dice games. But they had that thing of like action, 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 action. And then the way that mm-hmm. you had to sort of allocate those dice was very cool and interesting. That was just such a cool yeah. tactical kind of thing. And we had to kind of like cue them up, right? And then kind of warm up that ability and then be able to execute on that. Um, it was such a neat, innovative kind of way to play. And it kind of felt like it was in that same vein as the Star Wars LCG, not only because of the theme, but because you had those kind of interesting interactions, right, with, like, Ray versus, you know, some spaceship or something, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you had yeah. those weird kind of cinematic kind of moments that were just... They didn't really make quite a lot of sense on the surface, but once you kind of played around with it, it made it made a little bit more sense, and I really liked that part of, about it. Yeah, Absolutely. So now we're going to talk about the downfall. I, sure. I, I got lots. I get. I can talk about the downfall. You start, Marty. <laughs> well, well. Here's the thing, and I think we mentioned this earlier. I, number one, uh, Star Wars Destiny. I was heavy into it. I hadn't played a CCG, and again, we're using CCG as a more cultivable thing. Customizable card game is what kind of said this CCG is, but CCSC being collectible, being random booster. I haven't done one of those in a very long time. I was into it, man. It came back to yeah. just like I gotta have it all. I got buying booster packs, and then I remember why I stopped playing collectible games is after I bought my second booster box, and I was good. Well, I got six of those. I've got twelve. Oh, look, fifteen Jedi robes. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it's, don't don't need it anymore. But the thing that got this in Dice Masters and uh, was the the production issues. Uh, it came out. It was hot, and then all of a sudden, I can't wait to buy more. Hey, store, can you get more? No, we, we can't get any. Oh, let me go online. Yep. Oh, nothing there either. No. And then all of a sudden, well, when you got to wait for several months, the, it just kind of dies off. And it's really interesting that today Team Covenant released a podcast. They're talking about how not to ruin a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, this was, uh, yeah, m- there was a marketing. The day was on marketing. And they said Star Wars Destiny, when it, they talked about this game specifically, they said there wasn't a lot of buzz when it came out. They said at Gen Con, there was a lot of, it was like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And that perforated through to the re- retailers and the distributors. Mm-hmm. So they didn't order a lot. So FFG only printed as much as they needed. Then like two weeks before, people saw what this game really was because the demo nights came out where people could try it. Yeah. And then the demand shot straight up. Well, now FFG has to wait four months to get more product in. Right. It's too yep. late. Yeah. Yeah, I know on the surface, it doesn't really look great because it like used movie stills, didn't it? On the artwork. It was. Uh, they were like art recreations of movies. Yeah, you know. I so I think. Yeah, I don't think there was actually any artwork, uh, movie stills. Right. And I, I don't. I don't mind that, honestly. But I think that that's something that people tend to sort of downplay. It's like, oh, it's pictures from the show, pictures from the movie, and it kind of looks yep. like it's not. Um, you know, they didn't really invest anything in the artwork or anything, and it was also, I think, focused on the new trilogy, 
which wasn't as cr- crazily divided as it is today. But back then, I, I so I think that might have been. I know for me that wasn't an issue because I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, they're trying to promote the new thing. But I think if it was original trilogy, that might have been a little bit better off. I don't know. But I think the, mm. the was the Star Wars card game was still going back then, right? It was, yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a weird collectible thing while that was still that, doing pretty well. Right, and then Netrunner was still going. Lord of the Rings is still going. You know, so this was like FFG's like fifth or sixth LCG style game at the same time. So if you're already into Star Wars LCG, you're like looking at this like, well, another one. You know. Yeah. So I think they're. And I remember the controversy. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I was. I was I was just going to say, I think that probably lent itself to LCG burnout because I don't think we've, we kind of hit a peak there uh, a couple of years ago, I think, where we had this kind of style of game kind of have that resurgence. Um, And now it's, it's still around, but it's still, I think it's kind of died down from that, like absolute, you know, glut of those kind of games back then. Agreed. And I think, yeah. to be honest with you, I think the same thing happened with uh, Dice Masters. I remember our store was heavy into Dice Masters, and then you couldn't get the product. Um, even it, it came out at Target some, too. And I remember, actually, yep. I went to Target every day waiting <laughs> for a shipment to come in. I would, I would dig through their boxes before they went, went up on the shelves. Good Lord. Because I wanted to grab, because everybody was doing the same thing I was yeah. doing. Yeah, I, I, give me some booster packs, man. I'm ready to play this game, and I yep. think it hurt that game too. It did. Yeah, I remember that was that was rare. I stopped buying them from Target though because what people were doing was buying full booster boxes and then cracking packs until they got the super rares, and then they'd, they'd return all the packs. And so if there was an open pack at a retail store, it was like the rares had been cherry picked from it. Essentially, they would just basically as soon as they open that super rare, there's only one per box. Oh. Stop right there. You know, ret- return all the packs because I mean they they technically weren't open, so it's like this ethical gray area, I guess. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but I think the controversy. Well, I remember this being kind of controversial because you're like, why the heck is FFG releasing a collectible game? They have five LCGs right now. Like I thought they talked about how great their LCG is that you don't have the pain in the butt that is CCGs, right. and they're like, hey, here's a CCG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what exactly? Uh, I had no interest in it when I when I was announced, but then I think it was like I think some of the Team Covenant coverage I watched, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh boy, mm-hmm. this this is exciting. And uh, again, it was it was the interest I had of like the half dozen or I think it was probably ten or more people that I had either online or in person that were excited about it. And I was I did like four or five booster boxes per set for the first. I think I think I collected the first two sets before. Yeah, I'm gonna blame Marty, but Marty Marty divested. He was the first one, and then everybody quickly followed behind him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marty's like, guys, I'm out, and I was like, oh, come on, and then everybody else bailed. But it was yeah. it was probably the right thing to do. We were all it was a money pit, especially when you can go to places online that would buy the cards from me. Hey, I just made like four hundred dollars. It's like, oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, just yeah, sell man. it, sell. Yep. <laughs> I I. Uh... Yeah, I I divested just just a little a little while after you, and I used it to I I sold just my rares. I think I I did the math on it, and I did just my rares, and my super rares or whatever they were, and I think I sold about eighty cards to miniature market, and with their twenty five percent up fee, I think I got like eight hundred and sixty dollars for just my rares, and I that's that's basically about as much money as I spent on the booster boxes initially. Sure. Um, so I got all that back, and then here's just to give you an example of another downside to it. I still have all of this. Like, oh my god! This is just. This is also why this game kind of sucked. Is after a while, yeah. it wasn't just a card box; it was this garbage. 
this is not even all of the dice that I have. This is an enormous box, and I still have. I mean, this is after selling off my rares. I just kept it because at this point it was sort of like a break and even type thing. But huh. um, yeah, after you get to a certain point of collecting a game with big dice like that and, and dice masters, like I got these laying around everywhere. You know, with just hundreds of these stupid dice, I have nothing to do with because I had they're all comments. You know, uh, and then you you turned that money into Necromunda. <laughs> I, I yeah, sorry, I didn't finish. With that. And then I bought I with that money I bought like immediately after that on my miniature market account. It's like Warhammer, uh, Dark Imperium, uh, Necromunda, yeah. like not Necromunda, but the uh, the Shadow oh, um, Shadow War Armageddon. Shadow War Armageddon. It's like boom, 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 right down the list. I like full on spent like six hundred dollars like immediately after that came in. <laughs> yeah, that 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 eight hundred dollars of store credit lasted about a month and a half. Uh, that's too good. All right, well, thanks guys. We're right at about two hours here. We're about eight minutes under, and uh, appreciate you guys joining joining me on this. It was fun to get back together again. Thank we'll you. have to come up with uh, another excuse, maybe in a month or so, and. <laughs> I, I'd love to. And I tell you, like I said, once the craziness of all this is, is behind us, wouldn't it be cool to get somewhere, pull out these classic games that we've talked about and sit down and revisit them? That'd be so oh, yeah. much fun. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd to. love to. I'll switch back to the list here real quick while we're, before we close out. I mean, I'd love to play Warcry. I'd love to play City of Heroes. Um, I'd like to play that Lord of the Rings, the TCG. And then, you know, from, from Matt, I'd like to not play Keyforge or Summoner Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing with you. I would like to play the, the Final yeah, Fantasy good. one if you still got that one laying around. I'll oh, try yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, I heard a lot of good stuff about that one. It's fun so, to collect it because I, I love the games and the artwork and stuff. So so it's on the same topic. Did either of y'all back the uh, Vampires, uh, the Masquerade Rivals that's also an ECG. No, I want to try it first. You know, like I'm not willing to jump in on that. But when it when it does finally hit, I'll maybe pester him and because I it looks cool. I just I, want to give it a shot. You know, first. Yeah, I um I did back it uh, because it supports up to four players, and like I said, it's rare to find a competitive, customizable game that supports that many players. And I played with four players and two players, and I thought it worked well on both spectrums. Nice. And I know that people, there's always going to be that love for uh, the the Eternal Struggle, uh, Vampire the Eternal Struggle. I hate I missed that. I know it's you can still get it now, but I know that was a very big deal at one time. And it's supported you in the multiplayer. That was the best thing about it. But I'm interested to see what they do with this because the people that uh, helped design this game, uh, you know, they were behind. They worked at Decipher. Uh, we talked worked on some of the games that I talked yeah. about tonight. They worked uh, the Wild TCG. They worked at you know Upper Deck and everything. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of expensive games I've played before. So I'm hoping it turns out. Yeah, that was that was the one you always heard about. That you know, back in the '90s, there was Magic, there was Netrunner, and then there was Vampire. And uh, that Vampire one, I never had a chance to try. So I do definitely want to give it a shot. Um, but right now, I'm sticking with the Marvel Champions because that's the one that's going to actually get played. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, so I think we basically yeah. kind of fielded all those questions and things as they were coming in. So that was good. Um, but yeah, again, I appreciate. Both of you jumping on and everybody watching this evening. And uh, everybody take care of yourselves. And uh, just we'll go through here. We'll start with Matt. I know, Matt, you haven't been doing much on the, the channel lately, but do uh, you got a uh, video or something maybe folks can go watch a highlight of? <laughs> uh, a highlight <laughs> Sorry, of? Sorry, I don't um, know. Yeah, have, 
No, no, you're totally fine, man. You're totally fine. No, I haven't done anything in a bit. I, I appreciate you uh, having me on here, Joel. Um, yeah, yeah no, I'm uh, taking a little break from, from stuff. Have been for a little, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on two years now probably. But um, just life's kind of shifted and the, and the group is kind of uh, not dissolved, but we kind of kind of done different things and stuff. And especially right now, we're not really getting together a lot. But yeah. Hopefully, again, someday we'll do something. Well, there's you got a different backlog of videos there to check out all good quality stuff. So uh, definitely recommend folks head over there. Yep, for sure. And then, Marty, you obviously rolling dice and taking names. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can go find us at uh, Roll Dice Take Names. That's our website. But, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can go and listen there. Or I always post episodes on our YouTube channel. So if you just want to listen to the episodes there and now... I uh, am really jonesing to go to learn how to play um, Hecatune again because <laughs> I found these cards. So. Yeah, Marty's. I just listen to Marty's podcast and then steal his ideas and then have videos and live streams yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, have a good evening. Thank Take you. Take care. Thanks, everybody. See ya.